Hey everyone, welcome to The Geek Awakens, where the talk is geekier than uh, being an eggnog snob. Uh, <laughs> I'm Mitch, and joining me tonight is Matt. Hello. And Tabitha. The resident eggnog yeah. snob. <laughs> Actually, I, we should probably clarify, you're not an eggnog snob. Yeah, the only liquor that belongs inside eggnog yeah. is Southern Comfort. Yeah, but like, but the eggnog itself, I mean, oh, you can do, I yeah. I care less about the eggnog. Prairie Farms forever, but... <laughs> That's just because I live in the Midwest. <laughs> right. right. That's who we are. Yeah. See, I don't mind the pre-made stuff. Like the pre-mix? Yeah. But then you can't control how much is in there. I'm okay with that. I probably shouldn't have control over that. <laughs> probably just like give me what... Yeah. Yeah. No, I like the control. <laughs> yeah. That sounds right. You, you like... <laughs> And you people listening at home can't see the demonstrate or can't see what I'm about to demonstrate, but you like your Southern Comfort probably about here and then here eggnog? Oh, no. Uh-uh. No. S- here? I'm a little bit of a half and half girl. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I don't really, I'm not a big fan of dark liquor, and the only time I like dark liquor is inside eggnog. <laughs> and the only time I like anything inside eggnog is Southern Comfort. <laughs> so, very particular. Yeah. It's a very, like, set way that I have to do things. <laughs> No. I know everyone is No. Well, if you're set in your ways, then be sure to subscribe to us pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, including Stitcher, Spotify, or Podbean. Really like what you hear? Then throw us some greenbacks on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Geekawigans Podcasts. Uh, any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email. Shoo 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 shoo. Zero. <laughs> um, shoot us an email at the Podcast at gmail.com. Um, we have too much stuff to talk about. We've got some New York Comic Con news. Um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. The first thing I want to talk about is actually something local that's going on uh, later this month, uh, October 26th. Uh, the Peoria Symphony Orchestra is going to perform uh, their latest installment of the Harry Potter film concert series. Uh, they're going to do a live performance of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets score. Mm-hmm. Um... Like I said, it's going to go down on October 26th at 7 p.m. Um, it will be um, uh, conducted by uh, maestro George uh, Stoluto. Uh, you can get tickets at PeoriaSymphony.com or by calling 309-671-1096. Um, this isn't necessarily something that I'm interested in, but I've always been interested in things like this. I know um, St. Louis has done like Star Wars a lot, and you know there, there are other films... Uh, film scores that are conducted i don't know that that, that looks it sounds really cool yeah, though. this is something i've always wanted to do i've never done it but the st louis symphony orchestra i think in the spring if i looked at it correctly is going to be doing uh, the indiana jones mm-hmm. but nice some uh, may maybe may yeah I think yeah it's in the spring sometime but yeah yeah nice so uh but yeah so definitely if you're um looking for something to do and you're in the peoria area and you like harry potter then check that out Matt, we're going to start with you and talk about the new PlayStation. Uh, so PlayStation, we all kind of know that the next round of consoles is coming. We're finally starting to get some news. We got some news on Xbox Project Scarlet, uh, what, a couple of months ago. Got some news from PlayStation from Sony. They have announced it will officially be called the PlayStation 5. Not really any surprise there. Everybody kind of expected that. Um, but they did confirm that it will be launching in time for the holiday season of 2020. So now we've got Xbox and PlayStation 5 both going to hit for Christmas next year. Uh, kind of was the assumption, but now we have confirmation again. And then they also gave some new information about the new controllers uh, that are going to come with the system or for the system. Uh, they don't necessarily say that they're going to be called DualShock, um, like the current iteration is, uh, but they have updated some of the features, essentially, for the controllers. The Probably one of the biggest ones is that they are replacing the full-on rumble feature with haptic feedback. So the they're saying it's going to allow for a broader range of feedback. Um, what it basically amounts to is that there's going to be a difference now when you crash into a wall in a racing game versus making a football tackle. Like the rumble will feel different in your hands. Oh, that's cool. Which, yeah, I think is really cool because right now it's just a very generic, you hit a wall or you make a tackle and it vibrates. The other thing that they're doing, which I am 
really sold on, I think this is a fabulous idea, is that the L2 and R2 trigger buttons um, on the shoulders of the controllers, they're going to be adaptive. They are going to allow the game companies to program them for different tactile sensations, is what they're calling it. So there will be a, they can program a difference in like the strength that's required to pull that trigger, whether you're drawing a bow or your vehicle is accelerating through rough terrain. So it's going to be a more, with that along with the haptic feedback, supposed to be a more immersive um, feeling for playing any and all of the games on the PlayStation 5. That's so, really cool. Yeah, I think that's going to be. I think those. I think the the big thing is is those updates to the controller and being able, like I said, create a more immersive uh, gaming experience. I think that's going to be really cool, and I'm definitely looking forward to that. Nice. So, so, and so, holidays 2020. Holiday 2020. Nice. We have two new systems, whole slew of new games, lines out the door as everybody tries to get the new systems. Classic holiday shopping. Will you will you be uh, one of the first in line? I don't know. I've never been one to have the new system right away. Uh, I have a PlayStation 4. I got it probably about six months after it came out. Uh, not Obviously not right away. Waited for the hype to kind of die down. I don't know if this will be one of those situations where I jump on the boat the, you know, right away or wait a little bit. I guess we'll see kind of as release titles show up and what kind of games are available and I don't know. Hmm. Other features, if they do uh, the full backwards compatibility or things like that. I don't know. I, at this point, the jury's still out. I'll wait and see, but nice. maybe. Nice. It's a definite maybe. <laughs> so committal there. <laughs> <Yeah>, I try. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Tabitha... Let's talk about um, Jojo Moyes. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so I told you guys I was going to try to stay off my soapbox, but the more I've read about this, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. So I need to start packing your soapbox, just like right next to your shame bell. Yeah. You know, I really I mean, need I to. I carry my own personal one around with me, but if you could keep my special geek awake and it's yeah, like, like here, I'd really yeah, appreciate it. Like a branded it. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, can we have Pickett make me a label? <laughs> and like varnish off half the front of my soapbox like you <laughs> we'll we'll see we'll we'll, we'll put it on work re- uh, work request okay, we'll see how long it takes <laughs> so uh, jojo moyes uh is the author of the only book i've ever actually burned um, <laughs> like i literally lit it on fire when i was trying to start a fire one time it's the only book i've ever set on fire Uh, That book was Me Before You, and she continues to be the worst human, because now she has published a book that has, and I quote, alarming similarities to another book. Um, Her book, The Giver of Stars, is about the Pack Horse Library Project in Kentucky, which is um, the story of women in Kentucky in the 1930s who delivered books on horseback to rural areas to promote literacy, which is something like a lot of people in the bookish community know about, but there hasn't been a lot written on it. Um, at the same time that this book has been getting some publicity, another book called The Book Woman of Troublesome Creep, Creek by Kim Michelle Richardson is about exactly the same thing. Um, oh. Keep in mind, they're both historical fiction, so since it's based in real life, you know, there's bound to be some similarities. But these are like whole plot points and fictional character devices that are basically the same in both of these novels. So, both feature a fictionalized attack on one of the women by a vagrant, which is not in historical record anywhere. Both feature a black woman as one of the librarians, even though there was also no no historical record for that. Um, Both books feature an October wedding um, between two characters. Um, And both books um, note a request for a copy of Women's Home Companion magazine because a three-year-old baby had teething issues. Uh, so these are very specific things. Very specific. Especially like, like a three-month-old baby with teething issues getting the same copy of a magazine. Like, what are the odds? Like, at that point, you're not even trying to hide the fact that you're plagiarizing. No, correct. Like, And Jojo Moyes has had a problem with this in the past. And the book that she was writing was then scrubbed. Because oh. the book <clears throat> that had already previously been released had already been released. 
this time her book just happens to be actually being published and coming out prior to the woman, the book Woman of Troublesome Creek by Kim Richardson. So hers is beating the other one to market? Yep. Okay. Um, so mm-hmm. how... But Moyes' book has also already been optioned for a film because she has the name behind it of Me Before You because they already there was already that Amelia Clark movie of Me Before You. Hmm. And it's really hard to pr- prove plagiarism with a historical fiction novel because it's historical fiction. Like, if me and Matt both wrote a book about the sinking of the Titanic, guess what? The boat's going to sink in the end. Like, that's just how it's What? Fiction. I know, right? Spoilers. Sorry, guys. But, like, <laughs> here's the thing. Like, and I probably, like, I wouldn't have picked this up in the beginning because I hate, wouldn't have probably known about it because I don't read a lot of literary fiction and I don't read a lot of historical fiction that's not based in, like, the 1500s. But, um, I, on principle alone, I'm picking up this Kim Richardson book. And, like, there's, like, a 90% chance I pick it up, but there's, like, a 100% chance that the Georgia and Moyes book is going to be trash anyway, so... She's just awful, and she needs to go away. Like, she just keeps getting worse. Go away. <laughs> I mean, I might buy a copy if I need to make a fire, but... That's a expensive kindling. Oh, if it's paperback, it's a yeah. little bit cheaper. I'll wait for it to come out in paperback. <laughs> I've thrown away one book, and I burned one book, and she happens to be the book I burned. It's just, like, these are just so exact matches. It's just... Those are very explicit, yeah, like, like I similarities. Like this other author, though, because she's essentially an unknown that has now written this book and has basically no hope now because Georgia Moyes does have that name, name yeah. and that history behind her. And the only hope that like this other author has is that there is there has been some news and some recognition mm-hmm. about the similarities and the hope that maybe people will pick up both in yeah. comparison. That's really her only hope, which sucks for her. That's right. And in the literary community, not liking that JoJo Moyes book, like Me Before You, is like a huge thing for people. Like when I was talking to my book club, like when I first met them, mm. um, then one of their questions for me was like, books that you do like, books that you don't like. And when I mentioned that I hated that book, they were all scandalized because it was <laughs> the best book ever. It's not, don't read it, don't buy into the hype, <laughs> that woman any money. Like, I got asked this week who the worst author was, Stephanie Myers, E.L. James, or Jojo Moyes. I went with Jojo Moyes. I can back up the other two on having some kind of redeeming quality. I have nothing for this woman. She yep. wrote a book Wait. about a handicapped person committing suicide because she knew it would pull at people's heartstrings and it would make her money. Like, she literally has said those words out loud. She knew it would make Ooh, her money. No. She's a Ooh. terrible, terrible human. No. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna get off my soapbox. Where I'm gonna keep talking about how much I hate her with the passion of ten thousand. I just like, I just kind of like, I don't know if boggles my mind is the right terminology or anything, but like, especially if this other book hasn't been released, how did JoJo get her hands on these plot points? Art copies, art copies float around. If the, I mean, depending on what point of the mm-hmm. publishing process this other book is in. You could have it passed around to literary agents or uh, editors, and if it falls into the same circles, you're going to have the same editors, you're going to have some of the same book buyers, publishers interested in it, and at that point, they might be comparing notes. I mean, it it could just be a matter of that this Kim uh, Richardson, Richards, Richardson, Richardson, um, that she, that Jojo Moyes had hers because she is an established name. She may, she probably doesn't have to submit the book to her publisher. Mm. She can submit an outline or an idea. Okay. And then if those similar publishers are talking to other people in the industry and they're like, Hey, we got a book submitted to us by so-and-so when you're no name, you pretty much have to submit the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And they have to decide whether they want the whole thing or not. Once you have the name, you can just submit ideas. And the publisher's like, yeah, we like this idea. Go for it. So it's possible that there was conversations made and people are like, oh, these have some similarities. And then at that point, if JoJo hadn't written her book, she probably could just essentially absorb those ideas Mm. and make them pretend to make them her own. Mm. Just having been part of conversations. Mm -hmm. That's just my... Yes, based on what I do know of the publishing industry. 
That is. There's just too many similarities. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, and if it, like I said, it's historical fiction, and if there was some kind of historical basis for especially those three things that the article that I found pointed out, and that even um, that Kim Richardson, like, brought to the forefront and was like, these are the issues, like, these are the three things. Like, if it was, there was some kind of historical basis for them in historical records somewhere. Right. You can't do anything about it. You're writing historical fiction. Essentially, all your plot points are going to be the same. But those are like made up ideas. Yeah, those are right. Very specific made up ideas, like an October wedding between yeah. two of the characters. Why not go for? Like, a, can't they have July. a spring wedding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a wedding is one thing. Yeah. An October right. wedding, completely different. Right. Like a three months old. Right. Even interjecting like a black character, like a woman of color, like into the storyline. I think that's probably a great idea, especially like in this climate and then, you know, the publishing world now, Mm -hmm. like bringing in a little bit more diversity. I could even see that one. But the three month old with teething issues. Yeah. And the very specific magazine. Specific magazine. Come on. Right. Yeah. She knew what she was doing. Oh, absolutely. So. All right, so yeah. Tabitha, go ahead, and I'll let you get off your soapbox. You. Your feet might be tired. Um, <laughs> Matt, let's switch gears to somebody else who um, made some news this week. And uh, what's uh, what, what's Rob Li- uh, Lightfield doing? Um, he might might be pursuing legal action against Marvel Entertainment uh, through a series of tweets. He has hinted strongly that he, like I said, will be pursuing legal action against Marvel. Uh, for undisclosed, quote-unquote, shady practices. Apparently, in this series of tweets, he did call out Bob Iger specifically. Um, He hinted that the suit might be related to Deadpool. When fans were asked online, fans ask him online via tweets, he kind of hinted that it, you know, was related to the Deadpool property. Um, The one thing to note here, too, is that he is... Going again, going after Marvel Entertainment, not Marvel Studios. So, not the MCU or the the film version of Deadpool, the comic book version. What I don't understand. Well, and I don't say understand, but like, it's it's interesting to me that he was not saying really what's going on Mm -hmm. you know and especially if there's a lawsuit involved i understand you can't say everything but just to be like yeah i might i might sue marvel yeah Yeah, thinking about it you know i mean that's felt felt cute might sue marvel later (laughs) um (laughs) now i'm picturing the deadpool on the uh the bearskin rug ad (laughs) (laughs) but see like Something else too, and this this um, reminded me. Like a few months ago, we talked about how uh, Liefeld like deleted his Twitter for a, a, for a little while uh-huh. because he was going off about DC, and it was kind of like just you know speculation or whatever. But it's like what you're saying, like you don't for what you're saying has about as much credence as me saying it. I mean, granted, yeah, more because you mm-hmm. work in the industry, but right. like what you're you know like what he was saying just didn't have you didn't have the proof behind it you know so it's just like i'm almost wondering like is he saying this kind of stuff just for the attention yeah i mean it is working you know the other thing too is with the kind of weird like weird about this whole thing is that he he co-created or created deadpool he recently for marvel created another character major x so Something was going okay with his relationship with Marvel enough that they asked him to come back and create a brand new character for them. And Major X, I mean, that was a pretty, pretty recent. big, yeah. yeah. I mean, the last six months or so. I mean, I don't know. The other thing too is like for Rob Liefeld, it's not like he doesn't have other properties. Mm-hmm. Like he helped create Image Comics, so he has. Maybe you, he's bored. Maybe. I don't know. I I don't know. If he's doing it for attention at this point, he's got it. So Um speaking of people saying stuff, uh Matt we're gonna say what And what what did Martin Scorsese say? Uh Martin Scorsese just probably should have kept his mouth shut. I'm sorry. Um he is basically just said that comic book movies 
are quote unquote not cinema. I did this in an interview with Empire Magazine. I'm just going to read the quote because it really just makes the most sense to do it that way. Quote, I don't see them. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them as well made as they are with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. When I first saw this, I'm like, okay, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I get that in most cases, the superhero movies are popcorn fare. Mm -hmm. They're not deep, soul-moving, heartstrings type of films. But that's not to say that they don't have those moments. Because... I don't know about y'all, but the I Love You 3000 from Endgame, that destroyed me. Right. Like, and that's not the only moment in these superhero or Marvel movies where you have that emotional, psychological connection to these characters that he claims doesn't exist. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, though, I mean, like, comic book movies are basically like comic books as well they should be right you know comic books yeah are they as you know um are they as deep as almost any other book Eh, probably not but that's not to say they don't have those moments and i think that i think that you have to translate that onto the big screen you can't have a deep superman film you know or or at least a superman film that's too deep you know like it's just it's silly and to to suggest that it's not cinema that it's not you know art is just it's it's ridiculous i mean you're just at that point you're just saying you know that i'm better than them because i make quote unquote you know thought-provoking film right i mean it's no different than when people compare video game music to orchestral performances like they're no they're not the same does that mean that one takes less skill or creativity to do well? No. It is. It's it's the comparing of apples and oranges. Right. You know, Sam Jackson, love him, you know, responded to Scorsese's comments. He says, I mean, that's like saying Bugs Bunny ain't funny. Films are films. Everybody doesn't like his stuff either. Everybody's got an opinion. So I mean, it's okay. Ain't going, ain't gonna stop nobody from making movies, which is true. I mean, it goes along with James Cameron's you know, digs at superhero movies too. It's like they both now picked at superhero movies, but both admitted that they don't watch them. Right. So where's your basis for your? Is it you're not cup? Because it's because it's you're not. Because it's, yeah. <laughs> just because it's not your cup of tea doesn't mean it doesn't fit your definition. Got something from Oni Press uh, to talk about. We, we do also have another uh, uh, book to talk about from Oni Press. But uh, they did announce at New York Comic Con that uh, they're going to um, publish. Uh, it's the next book uh, by... Uh, Joel Christian Gill, who you might remember that we ta- uh, we did his uh, book about uh, Bessie Stringfield. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So his next uh, book is called Fights, One Boy's Triumph Over Violence. And it's a, uh, it's a memoir talking about his youth uh, growing up in a poor uh, black southern neighborhood uh, at the height of the crack cocaine boom of the 1980s. Hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, it is scheduled for release in January of 2020. So, um, I mean, even though this is a much different book than the other one of his that we read, um, still, it sounds, it sounds like it's going to be a fantastic, fantastic story. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely one that I kind of hope we get our hands on. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. interesting story, different, different take, uh, especially for us in this room. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) So, Um, speaking of books that we did get our hands on from Oni Press, uh, we did get a chance to read Morning in America. Uh, it's in bookstores now. Um, and it basically, it tells the story of these four teenage girls, uh, in the 1980s. And it's basically at the quote unquote end of the world, or at least the end of their world. They come across 
what that what at first is just kind of like a conspiracy theory, and then they realize, oh hey, this is actually happening. Um, you, you guys both got a chance to read it. Yeah, I'm almost done with it. I think yeah, I've got like thirty pages left. I'm close. I just want to go home and finish it. Okay. <laughs> so uh, so so far, what are your thoughts? I'm really liking it. Um, I really like the 1980s throwback. Like every, I feel like we haven't gotten anything from that era in a, like a while, like book wise, comic wise, yeah. anything. Now, okay. To not, and just to stop you right there, like, I don't feel, I, like, when, this is one of my few complaints about this book. I didn't see a lot of rationale for taking place in the 1980s. Outside of, there was a scene in a phone booth, and there was a one scene where, there, like, two characters were talking on the phone, and they were playing with, you know, like, the, the chords or whatever, mm-hmm. which was something yeah. that happened. Outside of that, I was like... I'm not catching a lot of 80s references. This could have easily taken place in any time period, in my opinion. I think the yeah. reason it didn't is because, I mean, they're literally, like, their frame of reference for, like, this conspiracy that they think is happening is a book that's recently been published. And, like, I'm starting to kind of now get into, like, why this book has something to do with it. But, like, if this were to take place now, everybody would be on the internet Googling everything. <laughs> And it's yeah. really hard to keep a conspiracy, quote unquote, like this in one town quiet in today's age. Because if this was happening in small town Ohio in 2019, literally everybody would know about it because Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and the internet. Right. And okay. this is more contained. It looks more realistic that it could be happening in like, you know, the national news media is not like, hey, what's going on? I mean, it is definitely gives it that more of a more of that stranger things oh. type of vibe where it's easier to keep things under wrap because the technology is not there. Okay. And that's why That's I fair. Mean, that, like the stranger things like kind of vibe. Yeah, thank you. That like I got from this was really really cool. I was like wait, are we going in the upside down like what's about to happen? But, I mean, we have like like really diverse like cast of female characters. Which, in a comic book, for it literally to just be girls, mm-hmm. other than Lumberjanes, which is something that's been floating around for a while, yeah. almost completely unheard of. And and one thing, too, that I really enjoyed, like, I enjoyed all four of the main characters. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, for different reasons. Um, the one um, who, and man, her, the, uh, her name escapes me right now, but she's almost kind of like the leader of the pack. But like the sassy one, the sassy one, like the first couple pages, I was like, oh, I want to not like you. But then like I kept reading, I was like, I can't, I can't not like you. Yeah. Currently, she is my favorite character. And I also can't think of her name, even though I'm looking at her right now. I think that's because she is the main character and she refers to the other characters. I mean, she refers to Nancy. She refers to Ashley. She refers to Veronica. Her but name I, is Ellen Mack. There Ellen, you go. Yes. There okay. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> wow but yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying this like I said I just I really just want to go home and finish it yeah. <laughs> Matt what were some more of your thoughts um, I I loved it I thought it was a little slow early on uh, but then you get to what I know we get to read the the, the trade so all the different all the chapters uh, if I feel I felt like if I was reading this single issue it was was it between three and four, there's there's a huge like cliffhanger moment. Yeah, it's the end of three going into four, and like you you know that something's coming. You know that there's more to this than like just what they're speculating, and then you get the monster, and then that's the like. If that was a single issue, I'd be like, no, at least, you know, we can keep going. So you can find out what's really happening. Yeah. I, you know, and overall, like I said, like, I really enjoyed this. I did feel like the, um, the pacing for all but the last issue, I thought the pacing went fine, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I get to the last issue and, you know, this isn't necessarily a spoiler at all, but it's like, I felt like they had a lot of action to catch up on. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like they could have, if they were going at the pace that they were for the, for, uh-huh. the, for all the other issues, it probably would have lasted another, like, three or four. Well, maybe not that long, but no, at least maybe another two or three I, issues. But I can see that based on how it starts in the first two, three chapters, mm-hmm. and how it takes you until between chapter three and four, third and fourth issue, to really get to that deep hook mm-hmm. to, to pull you the rest of the way in. Yeah. 
But, but yeah, definitely. I mean, I I'm excited for both of you guys to go home and finish reading that. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it is it, it's it's a great book. Um, I was kind of bummed because I was um, I kind of spoiled myself. I. <laughs> scrolled like to the very end because i was just i was trying to see how long it was and then like i saw the last panel and like oh it wasn't it wasn't a big deal but it was still at the same time i was like i kind of towards the last chapter i was like okay i kind of know where they're going with this (laughs) it's a good Uh it's it's my own fault i always got to see the end you're one of those people aren't you not i i used to be i used to be when i was a kid Turn to the last page. Mm-hmm. My mom would read the last chapter of every book she ever picked up before she would even start the book. And I can't explain to you how angry that would make me. <laughs> oh. The woman's been dead for like 10 years and I'm still bitter about it. <laughs> I'm just picturing like little tiny Tabitha with like, you know, baby's first soapbox. <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Morning in America, it's out now. Uh, by all means, definitely check that out. Uh, so, we're going to get started with Gut Reaction. And Gut Reaction tonight, it's mostly trailers that were released at, from uh, New York Comic Con. I did throw out a couple other trailers that weren't released then, but have been released in the last week. So, I felt like, eh, close enough. <laughs> um, so, the first one, uh, we're going to start off with uh, Star Trek Picard. Oh, man. I need this in my life right now. It, I only we only got to wait a couple more months. Um, I'm super pumped. Thumbs up, Tabitha. Yeah, absolutely. I everything you just said, like you and I almost never agree on anything, but this, like, I I have wanted this since it came out, and every time that they've released a trailer or an image or an anything from it, it just makes me want it more. Thumbs up, Matt. I I can't say anything, but yes, I I need this as soon as possible. I mean. The trailer starts with Data. It ends with Riker. Absolute thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, Tabitha, uh, the Walking Dead sequel. Ugh, guys, come on. <laughs> Let it die. Thumbs down. Matt. But it's undead. Obviously. Yeah. It literally will not go away. It will not go away. <laughs> now, like even the trailer said, you know, 10 years after the whatever, the apocalypse or something. The only thing is, this does look like it's going to be a little bit different take on the situation. It does, to me, it looks a little bit more like The Last of Us than all the rest, like the rest of, well, the other two Walking Dead series. I haven't completely fallen off the horse, so I'm going to go thumb sideways. Yeah. I'm going to give this also a thumb sideways. It's not something that I will probably ever check out, um, but uh, it was an interesting trailer. It seems more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And you know one of the one of the criticisms with Fear of the Walking Dead was that it's it's essentially the same show. You know, this seems like a different show. It's interesting though. Like we've got a trailer and we don't have a name for it yet. Nope. So that's that's kind of weird. But yeah. So thumb sideways. Um, Matt, we're gonna go to 1917. I'm not a huge military movie fan for the most part. This does look good. It looks well done. It looks interesting. The cast looks good. I'm going to go thumbs up uh, just because it, it overall it looks like it's going to be a good, uh, good, solid war movie. Yeah. And, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to go thumb sideways. It's agreed. Like, I'm not really a, uh, a war movie guy. I've seen a couple of them. They're all right. But, uh, but yeah, but Bumber, Bumblebee uh, Cucumber Sandwich does look really look. <laughs> look he, looks, he looks good in this movie, so... <laughs> Germans like this this is checking all my boxes I'm giving this this a thumbs up like I'm a huge war movie fan but I don't know other than like the brothers if I've ever seen like a war movie tv show that's been super well done but this looks like it could be um next up is servant not much of anything any any kind of information uh it's an M. Night Shyamalan thing so like I don't know I I'm kind of over M. Night Shyamalan, so I'm going to have to, you know, I'm just going to give this a thumbs down. Tabitha. Yeah, same. Um, I was over M. Night Shyamalan after the happening happened. So. 
so, didn't uh, happen. It tried. It tried <laughs> to happen. Down. Matt, uh, it's it's been a while since I've seemed to have any interest or care about an M Night Shyamalan project, so I'm going to go thumbs down. Just doesn't give me enough to keep me interested yet. Tabitha, Steven Universe future. I don't know anything about Steven Universe, but when I was watching this trailer, I felt like I was on bad acid, and I was very uncomfortable, so I don't know where my thumb goes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't understand, like, is this like a kid show? Like, what is this? It's, yeah, it's, it was was a show on Cartoon Network. I think, I think Steven Universe Future, it's a made-for-TV movie, like, sequel. Sure. Bad acid trip. Thumbs down. It me up. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, um, I'm going thumb sideways just for the fact that this reminded me, and I've never seen Steven Universe, but from what I saw in the trailer, reminds me very much of those fun, trippy, if you will, uh, Saturday morning cartoons that were f- I-, I loved watching growing up. So thumb sideways. Um I'm also going to give this a thumb sideways. It's uh, That was the most I'd ever seen of Steven Universe, but it looked fun. And I know that I know that's pretty popular in some circles. I'm like, okay, I kind of understand that. I don't know if it's for me, but, you know, cool. So, um, Matt, Marvel's Hero Project. Huge thumbs up on this. This looks fantastic. Uh, I'm not really a huge one for reality TV, but the, the way that this looks and bringing in... Kids that are doing big things, trying to do cool things, um, and what seems like to be pulling them into the Marvel Universe, I think looks absolutely fantastic. I am excited for this, so thumbs up. Yeah, uh, definite thumbs up. I really don't have any more to add to that. It just it was like... It, it made my heart happy watching this trailer. Yeah, yeah them. same. Made my heart smile. Like, I just... I mean, let's let's get real. The world sucks, and all the adults are breaking it. So I don't think really we have any other than the children. So, thumbs up. Uh, speaking of adults breaking stuff, uh, the next one is Snowpiercer. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm giving this a thumb sideways. Is is this animated? I don't yes. Know, but it wasn't at the end. The preview was not animated at the end. Wasn't it? No. I thought it was. It's not being animated. Right? Or was I black? Did I black out? It looked like it stopped being animated at the very end when the people were like, burr, 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 burr. I, you know, I thought that was still animated. Yeah. Oh, man. Just the style. Got yeah. glasses on today, guys. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching the movie and I just, I wasn't, I wasn't thrilled with the movie. In fact, I'm pretty sure, because my roommate and I watched it one night, I'm pretty sure I ended up going to bed about halfway through. I was like, meh. But, um, but yeah, so like, I don't know. And I was I was thrown off because I was not under the impression that it was animated. But yeah. thumb sideways, Tabitha. Yeah, I didn't go to bed. I just fell asleep sitting up. <laughs> so thumb sideways. Matt. Yeah, I am also going to go thumb sideways. I only made it through half the movie. Never made it back. I The hard part for me is that the animation style, I like the way that looked. It looked really cool and kind of like a colorized version of the like the Frank Miller um Sin City mm-hmm. type of stuff which that style I, I love I love the idea behind Snowpiercer but like I said the movie was not super interesting enough to keep me watching the whole thing so thumb sideways Tabitha let's talk about season two of tell me a story I didn't see season one I didn't know what was happening in this trailer Okay, season so, one so was like the three little pigs yeah. and Red Riding Hood. Like it was the fairy tales. Yeah, it's oh, like integrated yeah. with the yeah. murder. Yeah, and it's like it's procedural. Yeah. I think we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Eh. I need Hollywood to get new ideas. Thumbs down, <laughs> Matt. I'm going thumbs down on this. I didn't. I, I I was lost with the idea for season one. And season two doesn't seem like it pulls in. At least season one had three little pigs, Red Riding Hood. Uh, aside from what I think was a Phantom of the Opera reference. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. What was with the half mask? That's. But yeah, but they Phantom said. Of wh- the Beauty and the Beast. Okay. I didn't get it. Thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it said that it was adapting Beauty and the Beast, uh, Sleeping Beauty, and. Um, Cinderella. Mm. Yeah. 
I think this is an interesting concept. Because if I'm not mistaken, and, and I could be wrong, <laughs> but I think <laughs> but I think this is like an anthology series. I don't think that all these stories are supposed to intertwine. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a little different. Then that is. Like, then it's like a story time kind of Exactly. Thing. Yeah. So like, so you adapt these stories for present day and make them, you know, like full of intrigue or whatever. I don't know. I don't, I don't know for sure that it's my cup of tea because I never got around to seeing season one, but I was no. like, no, oh, this is kind of cool. Hmm. I need the media to let this whole fairy tale retelling thing die. <laughs> Dear book publishers. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, let's go to uh, Rick and Morty. So I was late to the boat for Rick and Morty. Uh, I still haven't finished season three. I know. Sad. But I am excited for season four. Season four looks kind of like the best of everything of Rick and Morty so far. So thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, I still haven't finished season one of Rick and Morty, but um, it's... <laughs> At least I'm ahead of somebody. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those shows that's like, every time I watch a random episode, I'm like, why don't I watch this more? I mean, but yeah, and this this preview, like, it, it looked really cool. So thumbs up. Tabitha. I was late to the Rick and Morty party, and then I finally, I was like, that looks like not my kind of humor, and then I realized it's 100% my kind of humor. <laughs> I'm really ready for season four. Um, the next one is Devs, and this was another one that, like, we really didn't get a lot of information with the trailer. I'm giving it a thumb sideways only because it's uh, from the writer and director of Ex Machina, which that movie was really weird and in a good way yeah. so sure thumb sideways tabitha i'm giving it a thumbs down because it was that director because annihilation <laughs> carry on <laughs> matt <laughs> so i'm so torn because of that because annihilation i didn't see the movie but the book just was so bad uh but this really doesn't give us much to go on so thumb sideways uh, another one that really didn't give us a whole lot of information, uh, human resources, Tabitha. I mean, this looks fun. Like, even, like, the, like, <laughs> little, like, tidbit we got, like, it looks like monsters in, like, an, like, an office kind of atmosphere, but animated. I'm giving this a thumb sideways. I want to know more, but I'm intrigued. Matt. I think this definitely has possibility to be Rick and Morty-esque in the irreverent humor uh, venue, so thumbs up, I think, for just the possibility of where it could go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to kind of echo Tabitha. I'm giving it a thumb sideways. It looks interesting, but I need to know more about it. So, um, Matt, let's talk about Reprisal. So, when I first saw started the trailer, I was immediately hooked on the font they chose for the title. And then I was confused on when this was taking place because based on the font of the title, I'm thinking 1950s, 1960s, thinking that old car mm-hmm. kind of logo. And then it kind of took a Mad Maxian turn. So I'm not exactly sure what to make of this one. There's a lot going on in the trailer, but I'm not really sure still, even with all of that, like where it's going and what it's doing. So I'm going to go thumb sideways. I'm going to give this one a thumbs down. When I was watching all of these uh, trailers, which I was watching it like minutes before you guys got here. Um, oh, so <laughs> <laughs> that was the only one where I completely lost interest in the trailer. Like I, I found myself towards the end, like reading over other stories and like, oh, what, what just happened? So yeah, thumbs down, Tabitha. I mean, maybe it's just me, but the only thing I like plucked out of this entire trailer was that it looks like a like a really deep-seated revenge story mm-hmm. i love a good revenge story <laughs> so i'm giving this a thumb sideways so um another one um this is uh coming out for christmas it's uh Kloss. it's got jk simmons as santa claus so fantastic <laughs> um i'm giving this a thumbs up even though like i was not weirded out but like i was like Wondering why are we listening to Panic at the Disco? What does this have to do with Christmas <laughs> at are we all? We're not always listening to Panic at the Disco. That's the correct <laughs> still, question. like, what does that song have to do with this movie? But still, thumbs up. This looks fantastic, Tabitha. Well, I know that High Hopes by Panic at the Disco is now my new favorite Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with you, J.K. Simmons. Like, this looks phenomenal. I love the animation. Like, I'm, I'm down. Thumbs up. Matt, this looks fun. I can't wait for this to show up on Netflix and watch this with my boys. Uh, Last one. This actually came out today. Tabitha, uh, let's go onward. Okay, so you guys know that I don't like Spider-Man, and 
Tom Holland is sometimes not my favorite person in the entire universe, but this looks super amazing. Also, I can't freaking stand Chris Pratt as a human. He's a great actor. I love his character. He's not. He's not a human in this movie. Stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like him as a person. Oh. I don't like a lot of people as a person, though, but that's fine. True. Um, This looks amazing (laughs) and adorable, and it's probably going to make me cry and laugh. Which are my two favorite things to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Uh, yeah, I have to echo that. It looks both sentimental and funny. It looks like a fun, different take on kind of a theme that is prevalent, uh, if you would, you know, in uh, you know kids types of movies. But thumbs up yeah. for the way this looks. And we got we got some more info on the plot of this movie too with this trailer because um, we learned that. Tom Holland and Chris Pratt's characters, their father died when Tom Holland's character was a baby or something. Yeah. Um, but they have this spell to bring him back for 24 hours in the middle of the spell. <laughs> something doesn't work out quite right. And so we just get their dad from, from like, the, waist the waist down. down. <laughs> and then like, the top half is like weekend at Bernie's. Like, yes. <laughs> I was doing that in the van. <laughs> but yeah, like this is good. Thumbs up. Like, this is going to be like probably the first Disney Pixar movie that I'm excited to see in the theaters in a very, very long time. And yeah, I, I have a feeling this is going to make me ball. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to make me have feelings. Yeah. Uh-oh. How dare you make me have feelings? <laughs> so, a um, couple of real quick um, Marvel things that came out of New York Comic Con. Um, so. Uh, they announced during the X-Men panel that Wolverine is getting his own uh, series. He's actually the first character um, in this new like iteration of X-Men or whatever to get his own series. They've announced plenty of other X-Men titles, mm-hmm. but it's all team-ups. So this is his, you know, this is the first one where it's like, solo. hey, solo. Okay. So um, it's going to be written by Benjamin Percy with art from Adam Kubert and Victor uh, Bogdanovic. So, uh, speaking of Solo, <laughs> um, we are getting a reboot, kind of, of the Star Wars comic line. Um, okay. It's going to uh, be set in the pe- period between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Hmm. Okay. Also, they announced new uh, creative teams for Iron Man. Uh, we're getting a six-issue series uh, for, called Iron Man 2020, hmm. and Tony Stark is not Iron Man anymore, which... Didn't they just have Tony Stark not be Iron Man, but whatever. Iron Man is actually going to be um, Tony's brother, Arno Stark. So um, that is going to be written by um, Dan Slott and Christos Cage with art by Pete Woods. Uh, also, um, Thor is getting a new creative team and a new look. And I don't like the new look, but, you know, that's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now I have to go find out. Um, writer Donnie Cates and artist Nick Klein are going to go on that and then Guardians of the Galaxy um, is going to get a new creative team as well writer Al Ewing and um, art by Juan Cabal um, It's this is going to be a high octane spy-fi action adventure set in a Set against an evolving backdrop of interstellar interstellar politics intrigue and suspense Um I honestly, I have not been reading Guardians for a while, but I've really enjoyed some of the uh, other books that Al Ewing has done, so this might get me back in. So. I'm, I'm going to say I'm intrigued by the idea of Donny Cates taking on Thor. Yeah. He's, <clears throat> been, he's been doing a lot of stuff lately. I know he's done a lot of things, but like the name that I associate most with him is not necessarily Spider-Man, but what? Carnage and Venom, mm-hmm. yeah, is some of his more recent yeah. work. And Thor is very different from those characters. Very different. That's intriguing to me. Um. All right. So we've got time for just a few more stories. Um. Matt, let's talk about. Um. Let's actually go back to Walking Dead. Uh. So you're not the. We're not the only ones going back to Walking Dead. So is Lauren Cohen. I'm just going to say one thing. Called it. <laughs> so, Whiskey... Cavalier. Cavalier. It really should have just been Whiskey Foxtrot Tango, because WTF. Tango. Oh, yeah. You know, see, I can't even do it right. <laughs> words are not good. Um, what the? Words are bad. No, um, 
I, we, I think we all pretty much called it that if that show flopped, that when she left Walking Dead, that she would be back. Mm-hmm. It flopped. She's going back to Walking Dead. Uh, it was revealed at New York Comic Con that she'll be returning. There are no details right now as how Maggie will be jumping back into the story. But the last she was seen in the show, Maggie had disappeared from Hilltop with a mysterious character named Georgie. I don't Did know. She, she all flowed down here. Yeah. Was, <laughs> that was my thought, too. So it was like. Floated to a crappy television. And then back <laughs> again. <laughs> so. I I don't know. This is not going to be enough to bring me back to the show, but Maggie in the comics and in the show has always been one of my favorite characters. So I'm excited to see her return to the show. I almost wonder with how they left the door open for her. Like if like even like the writers and maybe even she <laughs> knew like, I'm going to try this, mm-hmm. but... I wonder if there was something written into her contract, like where that if that didn't yeah, go, she then uh huh, yeah. Which I mean, maybe smart on her if yeah. that's the case. God, I hope it was. So Tabitha, let's talk about a recent auction that didn't pan out. Ooh, so evidently ten thousand pounds <laughs> is too much for a nightmare suit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was an auction for one of the costumes from the uh, third Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Uh, Turtles in Time. Sure, whatever you say. (laughs) (laughs) It was the Leonardo costume. And at close of auction, it was actually still available with no bids. (laughs) So no one took the ugly girl home at the end of the night. (laughs) So from the article and from the auction listing, um, I'm just going to quote this. Both the body and the head of the costume show substantial breakdown to the foam latex elements and require restoration. Did you guys look at the image of this thing? Yeah. No. Yeah. It straight up looks like it's melting. Like, it looks like it's just, like, falling apart. And, like, in the article it even said, like, it's on a hanger. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, on a clothes hanger. Yeah. It's awful. And, like, those teeth. Oh, my God. It's nightmare fuel. Like, it really is. And, like, nobody bid on it. So now they're like, well, now what are we going to do with this thing? So they're going to host another auction. And I'm probably going to start that bit a little bit lower. But 10,000 pounds? What's the uh, what's the exchange rate on that? I don't know. Too damn much is what it should be. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying. Like, That's... I looked at it one time and that was quite enough for me. Okay. So 10,000 pounds is equal to $12,438.50. Nope. I'm not it's even like, giving you 50 cents yeah. for it. Like, it's just creepy. And, like, the amount of restoration that you would need to do to it to make it worthy of, like, to be presented can't be cheap at this point because you're going to essentially have to build a new suit because, like, it looks like it got too warm or something. It, it looks like it got eaten by rats. <laughs> Big ones named Splinter. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> not enough pizza. Oh, oh pizza rat! <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, gross! Seriously, that I, I like. I can't. I can't help but go back to those teeth. Those oh. teeth are like ginormous. Uh. Because the face has like peeled, and like what I guess I didn't realize is like even when they're not like showing you those parts of the costume, like those still have to be there. Because like <laughs> no, never would Leonardo's mouth ever need to be that open for <laughs> anything, but they're still like big white pearly teeth. Oh. I'm not a nightmare. <laughs> well, like, I, I get it. They're a mutated turtle. But, like, w- w- why do you have human teeth? <laughs> That's a good question. Oh, my God. I never, never thought about that. that? Why do they have human teeth? Okay, what do turtles' teeth look like? Are they pointy? I think they're pointy. Like they're hey, hey, Google. <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> In my house, that gets you a yes. <laughs> Our last story for tonight, um, it's kind of a uh, mental cleansing of, uh, <laughs> of what we just talked about, which I'm debating about making that like the picture for the new episode. Just that, that turtle face? Yeah. Oh, God, no. We want more, more listeners, not less. Fewer. <laughs> yeah, I would have to unfollow us. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Even if you title it Nightmare Fuel, not, <laughs> not okay. Okay, <laughs> 
So, <laughs> uh, so we talked a few weeks ago about KFC having a dating sim. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now Wendy's has joined the the game area. They have uh, put together a tabletop RPG, and it's called Feast of Legends. <laughs> and in this uh, RPG, you have to save the world from McDonald's. In this game, it's known as United Clown Nations. <laughs> so, um, the the article that I that I found this from, they I guess they you know tested out whatever, and they're like, this is actually you know aside from you know like the the bad puns, which hey, I, I'm all bored. <laughs> um, you know, aside from uh, the bad puns, the you know uh, Wendy's menu like you know references mm-hmm. or whatever. <clears throat> It's actually a pretty good RPG. Huh. Yeah. The book has 97 pages to it. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. And uh, basically, it takes the basics of uh, Dungeons and Dragons and then just, like, changes up a few things. Okay. You know. I'm pretty sure, like, the basic game might be free. Don't quote me on that. But, yeah. Hmm. Like, so we're going to get <laughs> it and play it? Uh, I'd be down. Yeah. Yeah. Special episode. <laughs> yeah, it's a free download. <clears throat> okay. So we might uh, we might be playing this. Okay. Just so y'all know. <laughs> I would like it notated somewhere in the records of the Geek Awakens that in one episode you both have said the word y'all and I have not. Ooh. Oh. This is weird. <laughs> What's up She's is corru- down? She's corrupting us. <laughs> uh, I feel like she's been doing that for well, how long have you been on the show? <laughs> I started showing up. I, was, <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to when I started showing up. So what, like three years or something? If it's yeah. taken me this long to get both of y'all to say y'all. Oh, there uh, it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I don't know if that still counts because we're still talking That's about true. Yeah. That's okay. true. She hasn't said it organically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Math. To be fair, like I feel like I feel like my y'all usage has definitely increased in the last few years, but like I said y'all before before you. Yeah. In, you know, BT before Tabitha. Huh. I definitely did not. Yeah. Yeah, because you're <laughs> freaking northerner. Yeah, I am. Northerner. With your pop and your <laughs> I eighty and your <laughs> Chicago. And your however weird way you say cauliflower. How do you just, know? nope, just keep going. That's not even... Just say cauliflower. Cauliflower? Matthew, say cauliflower. No. <laughs> I refuse. Because <laughs> you know it's broken. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I, I have no defense. I don't... Do it. No. Do it. No. no. <laughs> cauliflower. <laughs> there are worse ways to pronounce it. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for this episode of the Geek Awakens. <laughs> we'll be back next week, but in the meantime, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, where we'll be posting news throughout the week. While you're there, give us some feedback and tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. From all of us at the Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope you back. You'll that word. <laughs> that will be back. We'll be back. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely be back, but we hope you'll be back. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll be back next week. <laughs> Everybody say bye. Bye. bye.